0: One thousand dollars, by O. Henry. One thousand dollars, repeated Lawyer Tolman solemnly and severely. And here is the money. Young Gillian gave a decidedly amused laugh as he fingered the thin package of new fifty-dollar notes. It's such a confoundedly awkward amount, he explained genially to the lawyer. If it had been ten thousand, the fellow might wind up with a lot of fireworks and do himself credit. Even fifty dollars would have been less trouble. You heard the reading of your uncle's will, continued lawyer Tolman, professionally dry in his tones. I do not know if you paid much attention to its details. I must remind you of one. You are required to render to us an account of the manner of expenditure of this one thousand dollars as soon as you have disposed of it. Will stipulates that. I trust that you will so far comply with the late Mr. Gillian's wishes. You may depend upon it, said the young man politely. In spite of the extra expense will entail, I may have to engage a secretary. I was never good at accounts. Gillian went to his club. There he hunted out one whom he called Old Bryson. Old Bryson was calm and forty and sequestered. He was in a corner reading a book, and when he saw Gillian approaching he sighed, laid down his book and took off his glasses. Old Bryson, wake up, said Gillian. "'I've a funny story to tell you.' "'I wish you would tell it to someone in the billiard room,' said old Bryson. "'You know how I hate your stories.' "'This is a better one than usual,' said Killian, rolling a cigarette. "'And I'm glad to tell it to you. "'It's too sad and funny to go with the rattling of billiard balls. "'I've just come from my late uncle's firm of legal corsairs. "'He leaves me an even thousand dollars.' Now, what can a man possibly do with a thousand dollars? I thought, said old Bryson, showing as much interest as a bee shows in a vinegar cruet, that the late Septimus Gillian was worth something like half a million. He was, assented Gillian joyously. And that's where the joke comes in. He's left his whole cargo of doubloons to a microbe, that is, Part of it goes to the man who invents a new bacillus and the rest to establish a hospital for doing away with it again. There are one or two trifling bequests on the side. The butler and the housekeeper get a sealed ring and ten dollars each. His nephew gets a thousand dollars. You've always had plenty of money to spend, observed old Bryson. Tons, said Gillian. Uncle was the fairy godmother as far as an allowance was concerned. Any other heirs? asked old Bryson. None. Gillian frowned at a cigarette and kicked the upholstered leather of a divan uneasily. There is a Miss Hayden, a ward of my uncle, who lived in his house. She's a quiet thing, musical, the daughter of somebody who was unlucky enough to be his friend. I forgot to say that she was in on the seal ring and ten-dollar joke, too. I wish I had been. Then I could have had two bottles of brute, tipped the waiter with the ring, and had the whole business off my hand. "'Don't be superior and insulting, old Bryson. "'Tell me what a fella can do with a thousand dollars.' "'Old Bryson rubbed his glasses and smiled. "'And when old Bryson smiled, "'Gillian knew that he intended to be more offensive than ever. "'A thousand dollars, he says, means much or little. "'One man may buy a happy home with it and laugh at Rockefeller. "'Another could send his wife south with it and save her life.' A $1,000 would buy pure milk for 100 babies during June, July, and August and save 50 of their lives. You could count upon a half-hour's diversion with it at Faro in one of the fortified art galleries. It would furnish an education to an ambitious boy. I am told that a genuine corot was secured for that amount in an auction room yesterday. You could move to a New Hampshire town and live respectably two years on it. You could rent Madison Square Garden for one evening and lecture your audience, if you should have one, on the precariousness of the profession of air presumptive. "'People might like you, old Bryson,' said Gillian, always unruffled, "'if you wouldn't moralize. "'I asked you to tell me what I could do with a thousand dollars.' "'You?' said Bryson, with a gentle laugh. "'Why, Bobby Gillian, there's only one logical thing you could do. "'You could go buy Miss Loretta Laurier, a diamond pendant with the money,' and then take yourself off to Idaho and inflict your presence upon a ranch. I advise a sheep ranch, as I have a particular dislike for sheep. Thanks, said Gillian, rising. I thought I could depend upon you, old Bryson. You've hit on the very scheme. I wanted to chuck the money in a lump, for I've got to turn in an account for it, and I hate itemizing. Gillian phoned for a cab and said to the driver, The stage entrance of the Columbine Theatre... Miss Lotta Laurier was assisting nature with a powder puff, almost ready for her call at a crowded matinee when her dresser mentioned the name of Mr. Gillian. Let it in, said Miss Laurier. Now, what is it, Bobby? I'm going on in two minutes. Rabbit foot your right ear a little, suggested Gillian, critically. That's better. It won't take two minutes for me. What do you say to a little thing in the pendant line? I can stand three ciphers with a figure one in front of them. Oh, just as you say, curled Miss Laurier. My right glove, Adams. Say, Bobby, did you see the necklace Della Stacey had on the other? Twenty-two hundred dollars it cost at Tiffany's. But, of course, pull my sash a little to the left, Adams. Miss Laurier, for the opening chorus, cried the callboy without. Galen strolled out to where his cab was waiting. What would you do with a thousand dollars if you had it? He asked the driver. Open a saloon, said the cabbie promptly and huskily. I know a place I could take money in with both hands. Four-story brick on the corner. I've got it figured out. Second-story, chop-suey, third-floor, manicures and foreign missions, fourth-floor, pool room. If you are thinking of putting up the cap, Oh, no, said Gillian. I merely asked for curiosity. I take you by the hour. Drive till I tell you this. Eight blocks down Broadway, Gillian poked up the trap with his cane and got out. A blind man sat upon a stool on the sidewalk selling pencils. Gillian went out and stood before him. "'Excuse me,' he said. "'But would you mind telling me what you would do if you had a thousand dollars?' "'You got out of that cab that just drove up, didn't you?' asked the blind man. "'I did,' said Gillian. "'I guess you're all right,' said the pencil dealer. "'To ride in a cab by daylight?' Take a look at that if you like. He drew a small book from his coat pocket and held it out. Gillian opened it and saw that it was a bank deposit book. It showed a balance of $1,785 to the blind man's credit. Gillian returned the book and got into the cab. I forgot something, he said. You may drive to the law offices of Tolman and Sharp. Lawyer Tolman looked at him hostily and inquiringly through his gold-rimmed glasses. I beg your pardon, said Gillian cheerfully, but may I ask you a question? It is not an impertinent one, I hope. Was Miss Hayden left anything by my uncle's will, besides the ring and the ten dollars? Nothing, said Mr. Tolman. I thank you very much, sir, said Gillian, and he went on to his cab. He gave the driver the address of his late uncle's home. Miss Hayden was writing letters in the library. She was small and slender and clothed in black you would have noticed her eyes. Gillian drifted in with his air regarding the world as inconsequent. "'I've just come from old Tolman's,' he explained. "'They've been going over the papers down there. "'They found—' uh, Gillian searched his memory for a legal term. "'They found an amendment or a postscript or something to the will. "'Seemed that the old boy loosened up a little on second thoughts and willed you a thousand dollars. "'I was driving up this way "'and Tolman asked me to bring you the money.' "'Here it is. You'd better count it to see if it's right.' "'Gillian laid the money beside her hand on the desk. "'Miss Hayden turned white. "'Oh!' she said, and again. "'Oh!' Gillian half-turned and looked out the window. "'I suppose—of course,' he said in a low voice. "'That you know I love you.' "'I am sorry,' said Miss Hayden, taking up her money. "'There is no use,' asked Gillian, almost light-heartedly. "'I am sorry,' she said again. "'May I write a note?' asked Gillian with a smile. "'He seated himself at a big library table. "'She supplied him with paper and pen "'and then went back to her secretary. "'Gillian made out his account of his expenditure "'of the thousand dollars in these words. "'Paid by the black sheep Robert Gillian thousand dollars on account of the eternal happiness "'owed by heaven to the best and dearest woman on earth.' "'Gillian slipped his writing into an envelope, bowed, and went his way. "'His cab stopped again at the offices of Tolman and Sharp. "'I have expended the thousand dollars,' he said cheerily to Tolman of the gold glasses, "'and I have come to render account of it as I agreed. "'There is quite a feeling of summer in the air. "'Do you not think so, Mr. Tolman?' "'He tossed a white envelope on the lawyer's table. "'You will find there a memorandum, sir,' Of the modus operandi of the vanishing of the dollars. Without touching the envelope, Mr. Tolman went to a door and called his partner Sharp. Together they explored the caverns of an immense safe. Forth they dragged, as trophy of their search, a big envelope sealed with wax. This they forcefully invaded, and wagged their venerable heads together over its contents. Then Tolman became spokesman. Mr. Gillian, he said formally, There was a codicil to your uncle's will. It was entrusted to us privately with instructions that it be not opened until you had furnished us with a full account of your handling of the $1,000 request in the will. As you have fulfilled the conditions, my partner and I have read the codicil. I do not wish to encumber your understanding with its legal phraseology, but I will acquaint you with the spirit of its contents. In the event that your disposition of the $1,000 demonstrates that you possess any of the qualifications that deserve reward, much benefit will accrue to you. Mr. Sharp and I are named as the judges, and I assure you that we will do our duty strictly according to justice, with liberality. We are not at all unfavorably disposed towards you, Mr. Gillian. But let us return to the letter of the codicil. If your disposal of the money in question has been prudent, wise or unselfish, it is in our power to hand you over bonds to the value of $50,000, which have been placed in our hands for that purpose. But if, as our client, the late Mr. Gillian, explicitly provides, you have used this money as you have money in the past, I quote the late Mr. Gillian, in reprehensible dissipation among disreputable associates, the $50,000 is to be paid to Miriam Hayden, ward of the late Mr. Gillian, without delay. Now, Mr. Gillian, Mr. Sharp, and I will examine your account in regard to the $1,000. You submit it in writing, I believe. I hope you'll repose confidence in our decision. Mr. Tolman reached for the envelope. Gillian was a little the quicker in taking it up. He tore the account and its cover leisurely into strips and dropped them into his pocket. It's all right, he said smilingly. "'there isn't a bit of need to bother you with this. "'I suppose you'd understand these itemized bets anyway. "'I lost a thousand dollars on the races. "'Good day to you, gentlemen.' "'Thalman and Sharp shook their heads mournfully at each other when Gillian left, "'for they heard him whistling gaily in the hallway as he waited for the elevator. "'Sometimes you just need to do some good.' Giving that thousand dollars to the ward made Gillian feel good, but giving her fifty thousand more made him feel exceptionally good. If you can find a way to be charitable this year, please do so. It's a fantastic feeling to know that a little act of kindness has brightened someone's d- As you drift off to sleep tonight, plan to do something nice for someone tomorrow. It doesn't even cost a $1,000. It could be something as simple as holding open the door for some. Or anything for that matter. The world is your oyster. Put your mind to it and I know you'll come up with something great. I'd also like to remind you that you can send me public domain stories to read for the podcast. Email me, bigvoicej at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps to spread the word about our little show. Thank you so much for listening. Good night. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this (laughs) program.